Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Her with Amina Brown. And y'all, let me tell y'all something. The way that I had to just go ahead and start recording right now because I'm already in my feelings. I know some of y'all are like, is she in her feelings every week? But let's not focus on that. I'm in my feelings today because we have a guest in the Her living room that this has been a long time coming. This has been a long time (laughs) coming. So I want y'all to welcome Filipino-American director, photographer, fine artist, and co-founder of film production company Groundwork, Christelle DeCastro. That's right. Can I just have can I just have you present me every day when I walk out of the when I walk out of my space? Mm -hmm. Just that energy is I need that. Yes. I think what you should also do is give this verbiage to every barista that does like your order at the coffee shop and they're like, oh, what's your name? Be like director, photographer. You're like, you need to hand them like a card so they can say all of it and then be like your latte. Right. They're like, ma'am, step aside. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, you have to read all of this. Not just my first name, not just my last name, like all of this. (laughs) They're like, ma'am, Please leave. <laughs> <laughs> right, please. Please get your latte and get on. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> we have other customers. Get out of here. Y'all, let me tell y'all something. The reason why I'm telling y'all this is a long time coming is because Christelle and I originally met in 2020. Um, I actually met you, Christelle, probably like weeks before this podcast relaunched. So oh. this podcast was seasonal and uh, I am now under the Seneca Women Network. So this podcast relaunched uh, just probably a few weeks after you and I met. And y'all, those of you that have been following me on this podcast, remember that I was a face of an Olay campaign 2020 into 2021. And any of you that saw the video spot from that, Christelle was the director. Like, I just want to first of all say that shoot was full of a lot of badass women. And you were you were one of the badass women I got to watch, like making that whole thing happen, Christelle. Like, yo. Thank you. Thank you. No, that shoot was incredible. Basically, the whole production team, we were all women. The DP, Daisy, Zhao, a woman, Mm -hmm. like everybody, you know, we were very intentional with making sure that, yeah, that we recruit up with women. That's kind of important. It was a, it was a campaign really about like female empowerment. And so we wanted to make sure that that was represented with the crew. And Christelle, you and I didn't get to talk about this in detail, I don't think, but I've only been directed two times in my career, and one of those was you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was, like, a big, big deal for me. And just, you know, just to let you know, the other one is Robert Townsend. That's, like, you're you're the two directors. So, you know, it's... I feel like I'm, yes, exactly. You know, like I'll be able to say when you're out there, you know, winning your awards, I'll be able to be like Robert Townsend and Christelle DeCastro both directed me, you know, I'll be able to say, but because I have been a poetry performer so long, it's really like any of my performances or sets or Mm. anything like that. Most of the time it was kind of like, really, I had to be self-directed a lot. So I walked into the Olay shoot with a lot of nerves because it was the first of 
in a long time of a shoot that I was doing where I wasn't performing my own work. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like it was it was hugely scripted or anything like that. We just kind of had some different setups. And just the way you walked in to like the makeup trailer, you just like sat down with me and you were like, hey, here's where I'm thinking like the vibe's going to be today. Here's what yes. you can expect. Like I just immediately felt so comfortable with you. And we had a long day trying to get all that done. And y'all, let me tell y'all something else that Christelle and the team there were doing. We were in Atlanta shooting. The client was in New York. They were watching from like some element of a live stream where they could kind of live stream cameras. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't actually there in the room. Like if this had been done pre-pandemic, it mm-hmm. would have been a gang gang of people there because the clients would have been there, you know, all right. everyone. But Christelle's directing me, but we're also having to like wait and get clearance from the client watching like, that was a lot. Can you just talk about how you and the team were navigating the complications, complexities of having to shoot yes. that in the time that we did, you know? Oh my goodness. So that was my first commercial out of covid So that was like the first big shoot that I got to have during COVID. And we can talk about this when we talk about uh, the production company, but I had a lot of remote shoots, right? Everybody was kind of just making do with what we could with technology. And finally it was like, ah, like now we can be on set. Do you remember like people were wearing hazmat suits on set, right? (laughs) Like, so this is how fresh it was from from being in lockdown. And so, yeah, like beauty team was wearing hazmats. Like it was like, we were taking, we were taking it very seriously yeah. to social distance and, 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 you know, not get each other sick. Yeah. That was like the biggest shoot since lockdown. And we traveled to, I think three cities. Okay. Um, and obviously there were major women right. that were going to be in the spot, mm-hmm. including Amina Brown, you know, spoken word artist, And, you know, for me, I was nervous to meet you because I'm like, she's a star. She's an artist. And like, you know, we're giving her lines. She's a spoken word artist. Like, I don't ever know what I'm going to get when I'm meeting people, whether they're musicians or or designers or actors or whatever. You never know what you're going to get. That That's just life. Right, right. <laughs> and, and then, but then, you know, you add to that, like somebody with a big profile and then somebody who's an artist in their own right. And then you kind of have to, you know, be the orchestrator of, of this thing. Right. So yeah, for me, it's really important in my work that I get to talk to everybody before we start shooting. Yeah. Oftentimes, like ideally in a, in a perfect world, I like to chat with my talent before we even get on set, like do a zoom, um, and just introduce myself or get on FaceTime with them just so that they know who I am. You know, I'm, I'm a chill person. And just to establish this sort of like, like camaraderie prior to, to the shoot, if I don't get that, then I will always chat with people during hair and makeup just to introduce myself again. And you're not, you know, that way you're not like meeting somebody cold by the time we start rolling. Right. Um, and so it was so lovely to be able to like connect with you. And I, and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So she's cool. Like, right. you know, when we chatted, I, I immediately in myself felt just like a, like a relief because it was like, okay, so she's not going to be a diva, <laughs> you know? Right. Cause you never know. Mm-hmm. You never, it, you really it'll never be know like that sometimes. Doing. It do. Mm-hmm. It, it really do be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. We had. I remember we had some chuckles during during that shoot when we when we were recording the VO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so so basically, so imagine for those listening, we had to record 
VO aside from lines that were being recited on set. So we took one of the rooms in the studio and, you know, we had a little microphone set up and we were recording the VO as Amina was uh, saying the lines, clients, it was feeding back to clients who were in New York. So we would do the line and then the producer would get like a delayed reaction from clients, right? Because they're populating all of their notes and then she's got to tell it to us. We had some moments during that recording where we were just busting up, like me and me. <laughs> like it was just one of those things where, like, we would look at each other and be like, "Okay, yeah, no, yep. that's that's mm, yeah, that's uh, that's mm. that's yeah. not what we're gonna do, right?" But um, mm-hmm. but that was a cute idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so nice in that moment to be able to like look into your eyes, and yeah. you know, there were a couple of other folks from the production yeah. team in there with us just to look at each other's eyes and be like, okay, so we're not going to do that, but we're going to figure <laughs> out a way that we feel comfortable. Okay. All right. Okay. Right. We're all going to collaborate. Sure. It's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very that. It was very that. Okay. Christelle, can you talk about when, as a director, I, I'm, this is something as a, as a person who just loves the form of film and that this mm-hmm. is something that you work in all the time. And not having, I've had a lot, like I told you, I've had a lot of on-camera experience, not as much direction, right? What's the vibe of how you are going to navigate that? Because sometimes you have talent that is going to have script, that have a character they've got to take on. Sometimes they're going to be there like I was to be themselves, but to maybe Mm -hmm. say things or have to do things that may not feel totally natural to them in the moment. So what do you feel like is the role of the director in that moment? Hmm. So for me in particular, and I don't think like all directors necessarily have to be this way or operate in this way, but I actually see myself as an energy doula. Hmm. So my job on set is to basically orchestrate the energy in the room not just myself and talent and whoever's on screen, but also to, to make sure like the crew is, is feeling alive. The clients are liking what they see and they feel like their needs are being met. Like it's actually very, it's, it's energy work Mm -hmm. in, 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 in an interesting way. And like when I'm working with talent in particular, like it is so important for me to get them to feel just like they've forgotten that there there's 20, 40, you know, plus people in the room staring at them. So I kind of like to establish like just a sense of trust is so important. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, it's, it's like something that happens where we, we kind of click into it, but I try to keep things very light. I try to keep things very, very light. So yeah. So that's kind of how I navigate it. I feel like it's more than just like saying lines and mm. getting the script right. Mm-hmm. It's so much deeper than that. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's like, I take it really seriously. And even, even though it might be a beauty campaign where like the lines are scripted, I really try to get talent to feel it Yeah, and to identify with it. Mm-hmm. And so it makes the work look and feel authentic. I totally felt that. And especially when you're shooting for such a long day, I felt like Mm. as a director, you were paying attention to that, to the Mm. energy level of what happens when you shoot a long time and how and like ways we can kind of like click back in to try to like 
find the energy, you know, we can get access to there, you know, to kind of finish out the shoot. So there were a lot of moments like that, that I felt like you gave me those moments to recenter. You know, you gave me those moments to be like, okay, now here's a different setup from what we've been doing. Let's think about this. Let's talk about this. And it's important to hype people up as well and let them see themselves. Like, that's so important to be like, do you see yourself in this shot? Like, this is gorgeous. It is so important to like touch base with... because I would want to know, I would want to know how I'm looking if I was doing something really difficult or, you know, because sometimes uh, it just feels unnatural. The things that we're saying on screen, like, like, you know what I mean? Then you see it and you're like, that actually looks phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It just gives you that bit of courage to like, keep, keep on the path, you know? So it's definitely a moment where like you, you sometimes as I felt anyway, it's like, you're, you're on camera. You're like, does this look Am I? And you like need right. someone to be like, you a bad bitch. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> He's going to be like, yes. don't worry about it. it. It's giving bad bitch right now. You're, yes. you're doing great. And you're like, okay. Because sometimes you're there in yourself. You're not knowing how like it's coming across with all of right. the other tools that are there, the lighting mm-hmm. and the way the camera's shooting you. And there are angles like, you don't know about all that. You're just in your right. own body, sometimes in your head, depending on, you know, where you are in the shoot. So to have someone whose vision is thinking about the broad scope of that, like mm-hmm. it, you really, you really impressed upon me how important it is to be directed. And oh, I wow. told my husband, I said, I said, babe, if Christelle DeCastro ever call me up someday and be like, hey, <laughs> I'm working on a project and I want to know if you, I would be like, okay, girl, but just go ahead and email me because whatever you saying, yes, yes. <laughs> whatever you saying, I bet I can do it. Send me Noted. the information. Noted. <laughs> Noted. Please put, put it down in your planner, Christelle. Noted. Okay, just so you know, like just would have a lot of weight with me because I just yeah. enjoyed your expertise and your professionalism and your ability to not you had you had this way and I feel like this was true of of the crew overall that day too Mm. it's like you had this way of being like you know it's firm but it's also gentle it's thoughtful and we've all worked in this industry long enough you know you have some experiences with people who are just like all they know how to be is a cousin football coach doesn't matter what position they're in you know and that's not always the energy (laughs) that you might need in the moment Listen, I mean, we are so lucky that we get to do this for a living. I feel like this work is fun and we're lucky to do it. And we're not like operating on someone's deathbed. You know, if if that were the case, then, you know, maybe I could see a, a world in which like stressing out and, and, you know, like, like kind of like losing composure could be a thing because it's someone's life but we are making films. We're like making beautiful images. Like this is fun. This is, this is, this is like, not everybody gets to do this. Uh, So at the end of the day, I'm like, there's no reason to be flashing on people on set, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a little bit of a deeper dive into your career journey because the Mm -hmm. experience you've had as a director, as a photographer, as a fine artist now as a co-founder of a film production company, all of these things involve the visual arts in some regard. So talk to me about how did that journey start with you? How did you know that you had interest, skill, talent to want to explore like how you could do the visual arts yourself? Yes. Okay. So 
it's I'll, I'll I'll take you through the journey. I'll try to give you the the cliff's notes of it, but it it all all makes sense in the end. But basically, when I was in high school, so I grew up in the Bay and in like a a suburb in the Bay, kind of like a baby Oakland. Uh, the only thing putting us on the map was that we had a BART station that landed in our, that finished in our in our little suburb. Okay. When I was growing up, I would watch uh, the public access channel and the high school of my town had like a 30 minute segment on that channel where like all the high schoolers would make, you know, silly projects and then put it on the public access channel. Obviously, as like a, a young kid, I would always be like, they're so cool. Like I, w- I want to take that class or whatever. They were just silly projects. And then flash forward to me going to high school, I took the TV video class. Now, my high school was like a poor euphoria. Okay. 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 Thank you for that. So, Mm -hmm. so all of the like, all of the crazy shit that goes on in euphoria, like, and like the very inappropriate stuff, like those things were happening in my high school. Just, we just, we were not a rich high school. Okay. But I love my high school. I'm so happy I went there because it gave me so much soul and it was so fucking diverse. And like, just, we just were soulful. We had like, we didn't necessarily advance in the books, but like we had a pop in marching band. We had, you know what I mean? Like we had an an amazing theater program. And then we also had this TV video elective that everybody kind of wanted to take because the football coach was the teacher of that class and he was just super cool. And this is how bad my, my high school was. You could cut class and go hang out at another and just go hang out with your friends in another class. And the teachers would let you. Wow. Class. Yes. Um, it was not crazy for my TV video teacher to be like, I'm hungry. Can somebody get me a burger at Burger King? And then just literally put his keys up. And then a kid would just drive out with his car. Wow. It was wild. Wow. So that was my high school. And anyway, so I took this class. Everybody wanted to take that class because it was infamous for just being a class where you could just like chill with your friends. But I actually took it seriously. And like, I had so much fun. And my teacher would just be like, yo, you need to borrow a camera. Like he just let me, he created an environment. And I think because I was the only kid who actually like made stuff, he was just like giving me any of the tools that I needed. Wow. Right. So I mean, to the point where for one summer, he snuck a computer into the back of my car so I could edit for the summer. Wow. He let me take home a computer from school. Wow. Which is really amazing, right? right? So I realized when I was like 14, I was like, I really want to become a filmmaker. This is what I want to do. I want to be a director. And I'm from an immigrant family, Filipino family. I moved here when I was five. We had a mom and pop grocery store Mm -hmm. that I started working at when I was 11. So it's kind of like everything everywhere all at once, Mm -hmm. like that vibe. Mm -hmm. I know that so well, like that sort of immigrant, like family business hustle. That was my family to the T. So I remember being at the dinner table saying like, I realized I want to be a director. And my dad like scoffed at me. You know, he was like, with, with what money? Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not following, you know? And it was just like, okay, well, that dream, how that bubble has been popped. Mm-hmm. But that kind of reaction was to be expected from, from him. And anyway, what ended up happening was after high school, at that point, my father had left our family mm-hmm. and my mom was now a single mom with this store. And I'm 
the one daughter of three kids. So I'm the middle child of two boys. So I was always kind of relied on to be like one of the, you know, one of the cash register girls at the store. So I was, my older brother like had to go out and make money. My little brother was too young. And then it was just like, it was like me, you know, and like I, I retained the language the most out of me and my big brother, Angela, my little brother didn't speak Tagalog. So I kind of was, I had to just be around. Got it. So not that I wanted to go to college in San Francisco, but it was something I had to do in order to take the train on the weekends to work and help my mom. Got it. So I kind of put my kind of dream on hold. I also didn't really even have really any direction as to like how I was going to make that happen. But um, what ended up happening was, so I went to San Francisco State. I went with a theater and cinema double major idea. That's what I wanted to do. I quickly fucking like took, dropped out of theater. Cause I was like, <laughs> bro, like if this is going to be my future, like, I'm like, why are you showing up to class with a cape on? That is just <laughs> unnecessary. Um, that's, and, and I was like, I can't, this is, these are not my Yo. people. I, I, I love acting, but I just, I was like, I can't, I don't see this being my future. So I'm right. going to drop that. What ended up happening was I went from, remember my teacher was just like, take a computer, take this camera. He was really involved with just helping me like creatively grow to going to this school where like, we didn't have any video projects. My first year there, it was mostly like theory. So we didn't work on anything creative. And (laughs) I went on Craigslist to try and find students from other schools that I could join a project with. Wow. I go on Craigslist. It's these kids going to the Academy of Art. They were shooting a commercial for like a school project and they needed actors. So I, I tried out. I got a part and the DP and I became besties from that point on. And he introduced photography to me. Wow. He was an incredible, still is an incredible photographer. His name is Ego. Uh, He's Japanese. He lives in Japan now, but he literally, I mean, this man, I wasn't even interested in, in photography at all. Like he just, it, like he just had these gadgets that I didn't understand. And like the light meter, just, I was like, what is that? Like, I would just be like, what are these things? And one day he was just like, you keep asking me questions. Can, do, do you want to just try it? And I was like, no, no, I just, I, I just, what is that? Like, that's just a weird vintage looking thing. <laughs> and basically he ended up teaching me how to take pictures. He, again, was he's an angel in my life and he wow. would give me film and then we, I would shoot through the film and then we would develop it in his kitchen and then we would make contact sheets. And this now became like the new thing that I could involve myself with that was feeding my, it was like, you know, in high school, I got to really like feed my creativity through that vi- video class. And then now I found this thing that like I could do by myself. Um, mm. I'm It's instant gratification because I shoot it and then we develop it. I get to see it. It's not like shooting a video and then having to edit it and so it just was like blowing my mind photography. And then in the next year, I got into like my first group exhibition. So I was basically like photographing all the like kids that I was running around San Francisco with and like just like photographing like musicians. And so I was a street photographer. Like that was my wow. vibe. Yeah. Just like the scene. I was like shooting the scene. And then 
that became my world. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I was heavily involved in like gallery shows, but specifically street art, right? Mm -hmm. So not, it's lowbrow. It's very lowbrow. It's just like, you know, like photos of like kids getting drunk. And you know what I mean? Like that, that was the vibe. Cut to moving to New York, finally, when I was 24. Whoa. I moved to New York because I was working at a diner in back home. And I was like, okay, I love this. I love what I'm doing. And I love photography. But how do I make money from this? Like, I'm shooting my friends. Mm -hmm. I'm shooting bands. But like, how do I then make a career out of what I'm doing? Right? I hadn't been printed in a... Well, no, I had been printed in one magazine. I just didn't know how to take it to the next level. And I just felt like New York was the key. So I moved to New York and immediately I felt like I can't be this, like this art girl. Cause I'm not from an academic background. Huh? huh. Right. Okay. Because in New York, it's not about lowbrow. It's very much about highbrow. And it's uh, very much about like, like your masters and like being able to speak about I'm like, in New York, you can lean a broom on a wall and have a little title card next to it and a written thing. And people will be like, wow. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's it. That's a fact. (laughs) That's a fact. (laughs) I just felt so outside of it. I felt like there was no way I was going to be able to compete with these people. I dropped out. I, I didn't get my degree. So I just felt very intimidated. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to then have to figure out how to work in this field. And so then I went more commercial and I started learning digital photography. Then I started like shooting for like brands and I went that way. It was funny because in those early years when I would go to San Francisco, they'd be like, do you have a show coming up? So in SF, they knew me as an artist. And then here I was really more of like, I was working commercially. And then a couple of years into that, I started getting the pangs in my heart. I wanted to direct. So I started slowly bringing that back into my practice. 2013, I think was the first like fashion film I directed. And wow. then now cut to now I'm like 90, really like 95% directing. Wow. Um, yeah. For, for work. And I, I still love photography. If I could have it my way, it would just be like, I would just do it as my art practice. But I won't say no to a check. Just, that's right. Just that's right. Just, just in case anybody's listening, you can still pay Christelle for some photographs. That's <laughs> You can still pay her for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, we don't know <laughs> so who's listening, I, Christelle. We it's a long put it story, but I think the context is, is necessary for people. Like, yeah, I'm actually doing my first love. I'm pursuing my first love. Wow. And so I just feel fucking blessed to be here, you know? Oh, like I thank you for sharing that journey because the reason why I want our community here in our her living room to hear that is because a lot of times we we're we're meeting someone at the point we see them. We're not getting yes. to hear like 
all of the mm. rough and tumble journey, all of the stuff we learn like, oh, I don't really like that, but mm, I didn't know I'd like this. You know, there's all mm-hmm. of that stuff that like leads a person to their sweet spot that you see them in. And I think when we look yeah. at our own lives, it's sometimes hard to think that all this stuff I've been trying to figure out could actually be leading me down mm-hmm. the road where where I'm going to end up where I'm supposed to be anyways. So right. I just really appreciated you sharing that journey with us. So so now take me from now you have photography as a part mm-hmm. of art that you're doing. You have your commercial work. You're now getting into directing. How does that transition into entrepreneurship? What was sure. the journey like between there and we is starting a company and right. we is starting a company in 2020. Tell tell right. the people, tell the people, Christelle. Listen, that was humbling, the 2020 moment, because we were forming in 2019 before any of us knew what the fuck was going to happen, right? So we were, um, we were forming in 2019 and then the pandemic happened and we were like, oh shit, yeah. like this mm-hmm. is a funny time mm-hmm. to be doing this. But here's the wonderful thing is that we didn't have an overhead. So, so my business partners, it's me and my business partners are all in the UK. So I had the New York office and we have a London office and an office in Bristol. We were running the New York office out of my living room. So it wasn't like we had some other rent we needed to pay. It wasn't like we had an employee that we hired on that we had a salary for. There was no really losses on our part. It was just, you know, a slow season to start in. So that was the blessing, you know, like when that happened, we were like, well, the good thing is it's not really affecting us. So it was, it was fine. And the entrepreneurship, I think I will always have that bone in my body because I grew up in a family business. Um, and that's just kind of where that came from. That's kind of what I'm used to, you know? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Like, especially just hearing your story coming from a family that you were also watching be entrepreneurial and how yes. that like affects your journey and what you mm-hmm. know is possible, what you know is possible mm-hmm. to do. Like, I think that's so dope. And 2020 just, you know, it just snuck so <laughs> many of us, Christelle, because the way I had the tours lined up, it was going to be oh. a spring and a fall. And oh, just, no. it was like so many things. But, you know, to be honest, like, I didn't know I was going to get a podcast deal. I didn't know the Olay opportunity was going to even arrive. I mean, truthfully, I ended up getting booked at P&G's headquarters, actually. Mm. I want to say this is like a week before the pandemic tip. This is when everyone was just like leaving hand sanitizer out because we're just like, I don't know, something seems like it's going on someplace kind of thing. But like, it became real, like super real. Yeah, it was like we didn't we weren't really sure. Right. And I actually did some poetry there. And the Olay team was sitting in the room and they were Mm -hmm. like, you just did a piece that sounds exactly like this campaign thing we're working on. And then the pandemic started and I was just like, well, I'm glad we had that conversation. That was that. But then to your point, there were still all of these creative things that went on after that. that People were like, okay, we can figure out some ways to like film some people from home. We can figure out some ways to do these voiceovers this way. You know, there was a lot of like innovative things that I think a lot of us as creatives had to do. Like, I love that for you and your business partners. Like now you can look back at this three years. Do y'all ever sit around and be like, yo, like we actually made it through this? Oh, all the time, all the time. Like we really had to get savvy with like the remote tech 
you know, we, we needed to get savvy with like, what do we need in order to like produce something? And it was nuts. It's an, it's a thing I would not like to go to anymore, but I'm, I'm glad, you know, that's something that we, we evolved and learned through that time. But yeah, I'm curious, like for you and, and like poetry and touring, you said, you know, all these tour dates got canceled. Do you find in your field, it's adapting to a new world or like our tours back, our performances back for you? They haven't come back for me fully yet, but in some ways it was kind of like the work that came to me over Mm. this past three years was all stuff for the most part that I could do from Atlanta or Mm -hmm. do from home. So a lot of it was more like some collaborative type of work and obviously the podcast and like you're watching me here in my husband's studio. So we just made a lot of stuff. We just made yes. it from here. But I am a stage person, Christo. I mm. like really that's that's really where it's at for me. Like every yes. every other thing I'm doing came from me loving writing, which led me to loving the stage. So I starting to get to a point where I was just starting to cry because I was just like, I don't know. Can I, is this someplace people is? And I could just go there and just like say, hello, can I say a poem to y'all? Can I do a poem or something? (laughs) So in a way now, I'm just now kind of getting back out, like taking my poems back out to open mics. That's a big part of my process. I've been trying the moth and learning how to do that sort of like storytelling form, which has been really, really good and like challenging for me to figure out. So I feel like I'm seeing the touring come back for bigger name artists, which I hope means that that will happen for some of us. That as the indie. culture is going to be. Yeah. The culture is still here. And, yeah. And- Yeah, for us as indie artists. And I think some indie artists too are kind of thinking about like, you know, maybe pre-pandemic, you might have an artist like me and an artist over here and an artist over here and an artist over here and they're all all touring separately. I'm watching Mm -hmm. a lot of indie artists figure out like, okay, maybe it's better during this time to be figuring Mm -hmm. out how we tour together, how we put three or four artists on a bill and kind of build ourselves back up to an audience and people get more comfortable, Uh you know? So I think a lot of the collaboration that came out of this time, like you said, not a time I would like to go back to, but (laughs) the collaboration that we learned and the ability to just like think on the fly and figure out how we can do things. Like, I think that's a thing I hope that we keep, you know? Yes. I also wanted to ask you about mentorship. I want to talk about this, Christelle, and I want to hear your thoughts about it because Sometimes people ask me like, who's your mentor? And sometimes I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like I had a lot of mentors from afar. Like if you walked Mm -hmm. up to those people, they wouldn't be like, I know Amina, but I would be like, I read her books through and through and she mentored me from afar. (laughs) (laughs) Not at her house and not in her office. Not personally. She doesn't know who I am. She doesn't know me, but I watched her videos until (laughs) I had her videos like memorized. And so she mentored me. So you have the experience of now as an entrepreneur, now Mm -hmm. having been in your career, as long as you have, you have a lot of folks that probably see you, hear your story and are like, tell me everything, Christelle, be my mentor, be my mentor. I want you to talk about what's the process like for you of knowing when the fit is right for Mm -hmm. you to mentor someone. And then I also would love to hear your journey, good, bad, ugly, and different of finding mentors for yourself. Sure. So I actually started teaching at Parsons, which is fucking nuts because I don't have my degree, right? When literally when they tapped me to teach this class, well, people listening to this won't be able to see this, but I was like this. You were like, who? 
I'm looking over my shoulder like to me you talking to me I was like I took the meetings and I was like you want you want you want me to teach this class like you want me um but it was it was a uh it was um an intensive photo and video intensive for MFA fashion students wow so um it was teaching fashion designers how to think in the world of pictures and in video which was so amazing and it was such a an awesome, um, it's, it's an amazing fashion program at, at Parsons, but like the directors of that program basically wanted to give their, like they had a movement class. Cause they were like, look, if you're going to design something, let's say for Amina Brown, who's going to recite something at, at, at the Grammys, she can't feel stiff. Like you, you need to know how your right. clothing feels. And like, you know, so it's, they just thought of so many out of the box things, including this course that I taught. Um, and I was there for four years. This is my first year not teaching anymore. But what I realized is I really love, love connecting with younger people. I really love teaching. I really love just like, and and again, it's coming from this maternal place. It's like totally coming from this, like, it's the same with directing. There is an, a level of care mm. and like, it's, there's heart. It's a lot of heart that goes into both, directing and teaching for me. So I feel like I get so much out of that kind of interaction. And I, I love doing like guest speaking for, you know, organizations for other creative students. And I've been doing, I actually have had a lot of speaking engagements this, this month um, with different organizations. I love doing that. So I don't mentor anybody one-on-one, but like I mostly show up for, young folks in, in that way. Um, when I did have a a team of interns pre COVID, um, I obviously mentored them, but I always find myself in the space where I'm being asked to mentor, which can get very, uh, I guess the word would be overwhelming. Yeah, sure. In a world where you are a woman of color and you are dying for a mentor yourself. Mm -hmm. In my personal life, like I don't have anybody in my family that I can sort of lean on or look up to for financial advice. I'm the one who's going to have to like take care of my family. You feel me? Like, like I'm working hard because I I don't see, like, I feel like I'm going to have to be the one to break the the cycle of, you know, of of not having enough money Mm -hmm. in, in my family legacy, you know? So it's, it can be very tough when, when like so many different groups of people are leaning on you for advice and mentorship. I'm always happy to do that, but I am, I am out here fucking trying to look for a fucking mentor because I just, yeah, it's, it's tough out here. And I think it's, it it wasn't until recently where I was like, um, you kind of need to look for a mentor yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what about you? Like, do you have any, any mentors that you can talk to or get advice from? I don't feel like I do, Christelle, which is why I just identified so much with what you said, because I think especially some of the spaces that I've been in, there would definitely be a lot of young folks of color that would just like gravitate Mm -hmm. to me. And I and I love it. And then I would also be like, oh, who is the person that I'm going to call or email or who who is that exactly? So I feel like I. I feel like when I look back at my story, there are people I can see like, oh, that person really had an impact on 
the right. form of what I'm doing or, you know, how I decided to approach this. And so I'm like, I don't know if I thought back then I was being mentored, mm. but now I can see I was right. Like when I think about your story about your teacher from high school, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think a lot of like the mentoring part that's hard too, is like when some people talk about it, it sounds very formal. <laughs> you know, it sounds right, very right. like, which I guess maybe is like more of a corporate America kind of style, which for folks like us that are working for ourselves, we're just not going to have that kind of ladder experience where you're going to sure. be like, here, I am a supervisor at this level in the company. I mm-hmm. would like to ask so-and-so who's a manager of this department to now be my mentor, wherein we will go to this very expensive place and they will right. pay for me to eat like Nishois salad right. while we like talk <laughs> over whatever this is, you know? Right. And I feel like when you're like in the creative space, you just don't have like you're like, am I a supervisor? Am I a manager? But you am know I- <laughs> what? I think we need to have that. Yeah. Like, so I think what we have had probably are, are a bunch of angels. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I see it. Mm-hmm. So, like my, you know, my teacher and ego who taught me photography, like they were angels in my life. I wouldn't consider them mentors mm-hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. They they opened my eyes to things and they really like invested and they 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 created an environment for me to like blossom, which is, I am so forever grateful for. I consider them angels in my life. I would love to have like a fucking savvy seasoned businesswoman that I can speak to Mm -hmm, who, mm -hmm. who can, you know, give me grace that I'm, I'm not, I'm still out here flailing, but like, you know, give me a, a little bit of like, help me see what kind of structure I need to build out to my life. Like someone I can look up to and be like, wow, like, you kind of come from a similar past or whatever, or I just, I just fucking uh, like adore what you're doing, but like, it's, it's really tough out here. I realize often, I think more so lately, like, I feel like I'm, I'm in, I'm out here in this world being almost forced to be more, more masculine and more, more aggressive than I even want to be. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a partner. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, single mom in it with my dog. You feel me? Like I actually don't want to be a leader a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. I also want to be led. Say that Christelle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, it's actually, it's a beautiful realization. I mean, like 14, almost 15 years into living in New York city, I'm only just realizing, you know, it is actually okay to like, to take a beat Yeah. and, and like open, open. Like right now I'm in, I'm in a space of like, I just want to like, open my world up to other folks to come in and help me out because I do not have all the answers. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am. Yeah. And there are fucking amazing women who are killing it all around us. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just about, yeah, like this is a great platform for me to even just say, you know, if there's anybody listening who would like to have a coffee. If you listening. You with let me us and know. Amina. Okay. Cause whatever here, you're saying, Christelle, I want to eavesdrop on that yeah. as well. So we know you're <laughs> listening. We want that. And Christelle, I think too, I just resonated so much with what you just said, mm. especially when you are sort of having to create a path for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I have felt that a lot as a poet because people are always like, what a poet? Like, how do you, how do you live? Do you eat food? What, what are, what are poets <laughs> doing out here? You know? And I sort of feel like I carved this lane for myself, which meant I didn't have a specific person that I could go to and say, Hey, when you were my age and you were doing this, it was sort of like, I would have to kind of build that out of various sundry types of people. 
But I do think a part of it I'm trying to work on, Christelle. I ain't got it all the way. I ain't got it all the way together. Maybe I never will either. But a part of it I'm trying to work on is like how to put myself in spaces where I'm being poured back into. Right. And and really digging into like, what does that look like for me? Are there are there conferences or retreats that would be a space where I can say of all this hustle that I'm doing to make this money, what mm-hmm. percentage of that money can I give to like, I'm going to go to something where I'm going to sit there and get to learn from other people, right? Yes. And yes. get to like, and sometimes that can be a space, I think, where you can catch a vibe from someone to see if you think they would be like a mentor type person. One of the things that's worked for me so far, which is not technically mentoring, or maybe some people would say it is, but it's sort of like having like a peer knowledge share. Like mm. I have like, I have like a very small number of Black women that every now and then we like get on a Zoom and one of us will be like, I'm about to have a meeting where I have to pitch this idea to this Mm. brand. Y'all pour into me what you think based on your industry. Pour into me what you think I should think about, what you think I should ask, what should I say, what are things I should consider as I'm preparing for this. And we all kind of like take a turn. And so I think as creatives, like in some ways we can, we can give to each other the thing that we wish we had ahead of us. Now the hope is like when I look at you, Christelle, and when I look at how far my career has come, I hope that the generations after us will Mm -hmm. have more access to mentorship. I hope, like I hope to give back to the people coming after me, like more than was Mm -hmm. able, more than I guess I was able to receive. But in some ways, some of us weren't able to receive that because who was doing this? Right. <laughs> like this right, specific right, thing. Right. Yes, it's right, like right. sometimes it's like, oh, I just I just made up a lane right here. So now mm-hmm. like I don't quite have that one exact person where I can go to. Right. But like who who can be that? So I think some of it is like every time I learn something, I'm always like in an episode of like black girl who tries to pretend like she's been places. And it's like every time <laughs> I learn something, you know, every time I do a get a new contract and look in the clauses and be like, oh, right. I didn't know that could be a clause. Sometimes right. I might hit up a creative friend and be like, girl, let me tell you what was in the contract just right. in case you get one like this, you know? So yes, like creating yes, yes, some yes. element of peer sharing, which yes. can be like a little mini mentoring because sometimes my it friends- Right, essentially. yeah. Which absolutely, I think that's brilliant. They're like across having the same experience as you, but sometimes they get in a room different from you or get in a room you want to get in. And when they come back and be like, girl, when you go in there, don't order this, order this instead. (laughs) Right, right. No, that is, that's actually so important. I was actually reading, there was this, I I can't remember what book this is from, but, but this person was talking about having creative, kind of like a creative group. Yeah. That like every every week for like 30 minutes, they would meet. And it might've even just been two people that would meet every 30 minutes. But I thought that was like smart. Cause it's kind of like therapy. Like right. I speak with my therapist every single week. And, but like, how cool could it be to like speak with a peer and just be like, this is what's going on in my world. This is what's going on in my world. And it's, it's actually like agenda based, like right. you're, you're, ta- you're meeting for mm-hmm. those 30 minutes, not just to like kiki, but like you're, you know, okay, what's going on? What can I help you with? Okay. Can you pour into me now? Like, yeah, I think that's brilliant. Why? Like we need to do that. More. Okay. I think not, so not smart. me wanting to invite you and figure out how we do that. Period. <laughs> so I'm glad we <laughs> talked about it, Christelle. Okay. Because yes. the creatives need to put there. Cause sometimes for me, Christelle, it's also like some of my other friends are just in 
different industries from me. They're mm-hmm. not necessarily like creatives. So right. that right. will add like a different element that I'll kind of feel like, oh, I'm not sure how, I, well, I need to explain to you this part of how this typically works. Whereas someone like you would be like, oh yeah, no, totally. Like I've been in the meetings where like we were talking about that. I've looked at the contract. So we had to decide Watch these out things. for this. Or right, like, don't exactly. This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm glad we talked about that so we can invite each other. That's very good. Yes, exactly. So we That's can start good. it. Thank you. But I'm sure so many people who are going to be listening to this are going to resonate with wanting to find a mentor. Yeah. And I'm calling on all those people to comment on this post. For sure. Because maybe this could this can possibly start some sort of, I don't know, like... It's like a match.com, but for mentors. Right. Yeah, that's what we need. It's like a <laughs> but, I, but to your point, the retreats and all that stuff, like that is something that I need to look into. I think that that's a great idea. Yeah, at least to get started. Because sometimes that'll put you in the room with some people. And then some of it also, Christelle, for me, is like sometimes I meet people that could be my mentor and I'm scared to ask them. Right. So we need to like... We need to do the work. Yeah, right. Because people scared. have the audacity to ask us. Okay. Okay. You know, uh, and sometimes they right. ask and I'll be like, I got you. Let's meet. Let's do. So it's like sometimes you don't know a person might be or a person might be like, I can't, you know, meet with you every week for two hours. But call me right now. I got 30 minutes. Ask me right. some things. Let me know what you need. Let me look into it. Something. So also like not being afraid to put the ask out there when you do come across someone that you feel like that vibe from. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to like toss it out there to them. You never know when someone might be like, let's hop on the Zoom. I got you. I'll answer your questions. I got 30 minutes. So you better make that 30 minutes. You hit. are so right. Yeah. <laughs> you are so right. Make we, it we actually need to acknowledge the fact that we are not asking as well. Yeah. I got to I gotta get true. into that for sure. But yeah, if y'all want to mentor Christelle, um, yes. please hit us up right now. And also, if you want to pay Christelle money, that's separate from the mentoring. <laughs> but if you want to use Christelle's services, you can also pay for that as well. Mm-hmm. OK, I wanted to ask you a very important question to close our interview, Christelle, okay, because yeah. when we are when we are here in the her living room, what I imagine is like this is the place that I gather with my girlfriends. It's the living room. It's that old couch that you got on sale somewhere is mm. when your girlfriend comes over and she's like, girl, I brought these crackers and a little bit of mm. cheese I opened last week. And you're like, girl, I got a bell pepper. I got a little bit of hummus I tasted last week. And you just bring your little snacks together. It's like a little snack potluck. I want to know when you are with your friends, when you are yes. with your homies, what's, what's the snack that you are bringing to this type of situation? Okay, so currently I am doing keto. Right. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. my snacks are like, it's like meat and cheese, like salami and like cheddar and like, like nuts, technically nuts are not keto, but like I'm on that like protein vibe that train. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. If if that were not the case, If, if we were not doing keto. If we okay. were not do- okay. doing that. Okay, so let me tell you what I love to eat at the movies. I get a big ass popcorn and I go to the movies by myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have like body dysmorphia because I really swear like I'm going to be able to eat like this huge tub of popcorn, but I get a big old popcorn and I get plain M&M's and I salt and butter the shit out of that popcorn and then I temper the M&M's onto the pop- And it is... Mm delightful. And I get a big ass Coke 
Yep. That's right. And it sends me into another dimension. Mm. And I, that, that snack right there is so phenomenal. And then, and then another one I I've been doing these, this this is all like, this is all like trashy stuff. Okay. I'm here for it. But trashy delish. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Some like just getting some like cute organic and like you can get vegetarian refried beans, but I'll refry that shit up with some cheese in it and then serve it warm with some tortilla chips and some hot sauce Mm -hmm. and some sour cream and jalapenos that right there for a little, little TV binge with, with the home girls. Ah, delish. When you said you warmed it up, like that's when I knew that we were people right there. It's two things. Oh yeah. We warm it up over the oven. You said you warmed it up. I needed that. When you said you tempered the popcorn with the M&Ms, the fact that you said tempered, Mm. let me know that you are my people, Christelle. You are my people. Because you was like, I'm not going to pour the M&Ms. I'm going to temper the popcorn. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. That's it. The reason why you have to temper, and and this is very important, this is a very important step, is all of the M&Ms fall to the bottom. And so you have to just go a little bit at, at a, a time, time to like be able to still mm. access the, the mm. M&M popcorn. Especially if it's like moment. a big tub of popcorn, right? Oh, you don't want all is... the good stuff to like end up on the bottom. Wow, Crystal, oh. fix my life today because... Listen, you have to try it. Okay, thank you. What about I'm, you? What's your favorite snack? I am a popcorn girl. Okay. I yeah, I'm a popcorn, popcorn girl world. in okay, okay. In in all circumstances, I'm in the movies and without. <laughs> I am just a popcorn girl all the time. I'm I am like I air popped a popcorn at my house. Ooh. I I just get into that. I'm I'm getting yeah. involved in some nutritional yeast these days. You know, farm to table, okay, popcorn. okay. We're just throwing a little, you know. My mom was a big seasoned salt person on the popcorn. Mm. That's how she mm-hmm. raised me. So Word. I sprinkled a little seasoning salt on it. You shake uh-huh. up the bowl. Like, that's me. I'm Popcorn is, yes. is my favorite snack. I feel as a person who would bring snacks to a thing. I mean, I am a hummus girl. I do a particular, yeah. like a particular brand of hummus. I don't just want to walk in a store and assume everything's fine. Like, it's like, if it's not the brand of hummus I've decided is delicious, then we're just not doing that we're now. We're not doing it, yes. You know, it's, it's so... All or nothing. I want to bring prosciutto into this conversation. Right. I love my husband. We've been married a very long time. And prosciutto is so delicious, Mm. like considered adding prosciutto as an additional partner to this situation. You know what I'm saying? Just like considered for a second, would my husband agree to be like, you can be married to me and prosciutto, you know, like in a world we can do that. Like that's how much I enjoy prosciutto. Yes. That Mm -hmm. is so funny. Yes. I I do love a prosciutto moment. It's so like anytime I go somewhere to a restaurant and they're like, they could be like lasagna, fried chicken topped with prosciutto. I'm like, yes, I'll have that. You zero in on that I word and you're like that. that, please. I don't care. Prosciutto and a little ice cube. Yes, that sounds <laughs> great. Prosciutto. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yes. Amazing. Christelle, thank you so much for joining me in the living room for, for bringing us these snack ideas because I needed to investigate this further. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. People are going to want to follow you. People want to know how they can give money to Groundwork so that Groundwork we love can help that. them look, look fabulous and crispy. Tell the people how they can engage with you and your work. Tell me the things. Sure. Um, so on Instagram and in TikTok, um, it's Christelle underscore studio. Um, my, my name is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-E-L-L-E. 
underscore studio. And then uh, Groundwork, you can see... Well, if you want to see my website, it's chriseldecastro.com. Groundwork is ground-work.co. C-O. But if you go to my Instagram, you'll get linked to all of that stuff. And Amina, I just want to thank you so much for having me on. This was so lovely connecting with you. It's been... It's been too long and I just, I feel so blessed that you've given me the space and that we could, and that just, that we could connect today. It's just, it's been lovely. You're the best, Christelle. Thank you. Produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions as a part of the Seneca Women Podcast Network in partnership with iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast.